Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 263. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show, episode 263 in Dose of Leadership. Great guest today. I'm so excited. I was so pumped to talk with my guest, David Osborne, today. If you haven't heard of him, you need to follow this guy. He just has so much passion, so much energy, so much enthusiasm. He's the principal owner of the 20th largest real estate company in the U.S. with 2,100-plus agents, which is responsible for over 19,000 transaction size and $4.5 billion in sales in 2015. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's an author. He's just an all-around motivating guy and passionate about leadership. You're going to resonate. Everything we talk about in this episode is going to resonate with all you listeners out there with those of leadership. If you're interested in choosing to live a life of significance, you're going to love, love, love this conversation with David Osborne. I really, really think you're going to enjoy it. I hope you're finding some value in Dose of Leadership. This is the free resource guide for you in your leadership journey because it's all about intentionally adding value, being intentional about your significance, of writing your own chapter, of being the author of your own story. I just started... My uh, mastermind again talking about intentional living. We just kicked it off this morning, actually, and I'm so pumped. I love doing those masterminds. I love meeting, the, and this one's going to be great. I've got uh, five individuals in there that's just motivated about changing their own personal situation and circumstances, and we just, I just love the authenticity, the transparency of doing these masterminds. If you want to find out more, you can always go to richardryerson.com. Connect with me there. I just started one. I'm not going to be doing one for a while, but if you're interested in masterminding with me, Send me a note. Drop me a line. You can find out more details at richardryerson.com. Or if you need a speaker, you need a coach, individual coach, one-on-one, group coach, leadership training seminar, I do it all. Find out more at richardryerson.com. If you're finding some value in this show, you want to financially support this show. Again, I do this for free, no advertising. But if you want to support the show financially and help me along the way, I would appreciate that. Patreon.com slash Dose of Leadership. And you can also go to my website, doseofleadership.com. Click in the left-hand side of the menu bar. It says support us on Patreon. You can find it on the menu bar as well. But anyway, I would appreciate your support. Thank you for all those that are supporting the show now as we speak. It helps so much financially because this does take a lot of my time and any help that you can do to help help me along the way in my journey, my dreams, I would be eternally grateful. And definitely you will hear from me if you're supporting the show. Trust me. All right. David Osborne again. He is a powerhouse when it comes to leadership and motivation. I really think you're going to enjoy it. I'll just take you right to the conversation because um, this is chock full of so many leadership nuggets and so much inspirational moments. Uh, You're going to get some tremendous value in here. All right. So without further ado, here is David Osborne on Dose of Leadership. Well, David, I'm so pumped to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Thanks, Richard. It's an honor to be with you. Man, you know, I, I, I might tell you how I found out about you. There's a couple guys here, um, real estate guys. I've, I've been real intentional locally here in town, just connecting with people. And I met a couple real estate guys. And he said, yeah, you got to check out this David Osborne guy. And I looked you up and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's just 
it's perfect for dose of leadership, man. You seem like a leadership junkie, you're a serial entrepreneur. How did it start for you, man? How did you get to where you're at right now? You know, it's, uh, it's been an amazing journey for me. Um, the reality is that I was one of those kids that had a lawn mowing company when I was right. uh, 15 years old. In fact, I worked for my great uncle when I was 12 on his farm, uh, which I grew up on. My dad was military and he was based in Germany at the time, but my uncle was English. So we had a house on his farm that he let us use, the old game warden's house. Right. And I went to school in England and he gave me my first jobs. Great uncle Ted. He was a pretty successful businessman. And, and he, you know, I just knew early on, Richard, that I was going to be successful and I was going to make money. I always loved working. Uh, not necessarily on schoolwork, but in any arena where I had a job that had a payday at the end of it. So I was just one of those kids that was pretty motivated early on to work. You know, one thing that has become crystal clear to me over the last three years and doing the show and talking to folks like yourself and meeting other entrepreneurs and people that are passionate about leadership, it, 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 there's so much emphasis, it seems, in society on talent. And I'm here to tell you that I don't think and we, we, we overemphasize it. And to me, it's it's more of the mindset of the grit of the grind and the tenacity. Do you believe that? I think grit is the number one uh, element, tenacity, persistence. I, I, whenever I meet successful people for many years, I've always asked them, what's the three traits that got you to be successful? Like what made you, you know, who in your character, what in your character made you win? And Two of them always change, but one of them is always either persistence or tenacity or I'm just too stupid not to give up or <laughs> right. grit. Yeah. And the other two could be vision or technology or some kind of an awareness about a different opportunity, but persistence, grit, whatever you call it, you just got to develop that as much as you can. And what's interesting for me is I was a terrible student. So if any, you know, I always talk to parents that have worried about their kids. I got, right. I got in trouble. I got asked to leave multiple high schools. Um, when I tried to go to UT, I got a 2.3 GPA. I mean, I failed everything my first semester. I barely scraped through with a 2.3 and, uh, yet none of that matters because at the end of the day, I had a grit and a desire to work and, 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 and figure out how to make money and take care of myself. I just didn't fit well in other people's boxes. So, so ultimately just having that persistence and the things you go through as you become a leader and the, the changes you have to go through. Uh, and the parts of you that kind of have to die and fall away for you to get better and better at your craft right. and what you do. Uh, the only thing that will carry through that is grit, is, is persistence. So absolutely, I think that's, that's the number one trait I would develop. And understand, people think grit and they think this lone hero, like this guy that yeah. never yields. But that's actually not true at all. Yeah. What true grit is, is crying your eyes out, wanting to quit, yes. feeling like a complete loser, like everything's going badly, and then somehow waking up the next morning and finding just enough energy to go back and make your phone calls or do what needs to be done to build your business. It's not like you're walking around pounding your chest like, Conan all the time. Right. The true grit manifests when you're in the deepest depression oh of failure God. or the mo biggest dark night of the soul and the struggles. That's where you find the grit. Man, I love, love that you said that. Two things that I really love and point out, and it's so true. Like it's it, the GPA, the the not really standing out in the crowd, the kind of the mediocre results from an academic standpoint. And you're absolutely right. The grit isn't always being you know, like you said, Conan standing on bloody bodies, you know, pounding your chest. Like you said, it really is like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? And just suspending the belief on how something's going to get done and just knowing that it's going to get done. And it, and it only comes from an internal place. And it does. Like, yeah. I mean, you can reach deep and, you know, I've, I've dropped to my knees in prayer before. I'm not a highly religious person, but I've 
you know, you got to find it somewhere. And if you look inside, whether it's through meditation or prayer or whatever, or just silence or a walk in the woods, you'll always find a, an answer. Like there's always something deep inside that will answer the call if you ask it for more. And, oh, that. and that's really where it is. And I've been so depressed and sitting like doing interviews, building businesses and, and, and literally not able to hear what the people say. Cause inside I was such a mess, yeah. but that was part of the journey too. It's like you, you literally, literally have to be willing to go through fire. And if you'll just keep showing up and not quit, that's the number one thing you can quit at night, but as long as the next morning you wake up and you're back <laughs> right. in, or at least after a day or so, if you keep never quitting, ultimately you will be shaped by life into what you are choosing. You just won't look like you anticipating looking. Because we all think of ourselves as it's going to be like I'm Conan standing on a pile of bloody bodies, but it's not like that. Nope. It, it's almost like, wow, I am so weak and incapable. And yet in spite of that, I'm able by just sticking with it and getting up and going after it a little bit harder to get to the other side where all of a sudden people look at you and like, wow, I want what that guy has. Yeah, yeah. And I always say like, you might want what I have, but would you, I don't know. I'm not sure you'd want to go through everything I got, went through to become who I am today. Oh God. I just, I love that because it's so true. It's like we sit there and we think that the talent and we look at we look at someone who's successful to your point, and even an athlete or an entrepreneur or a businessman or whoever, and we think, oh, aren't they so lucky? Aren't they so fortunate? Right? And we nobody sees, to your point, the hours of dedication, the getting up at four a.m. as in terms of an athlete and, and consistently doing the ordinary things better than anybody else, time after time after time. And point, you know, just like, oh my God, where am I going to get the next forty seven dollars to to cover this or whatever? You know, when you're an yeah. entrepreneur. Well, the, uh, I was watching a, a famous athlete last night on a documentary, and he was just saying the same thing. He said he's one of the best of all times. You'd look at him and think, wow, he's just got so much natural talent. But the reality was he had moved here from another country. He was kind of on his own, and he was ignored at school because he had an accent. So he just put all his time into the gym, and he got after it, and he was constantly telling himself this is the forum and the playground that I'm going to win in. And he, he worked massively hard. So then we see him on the court and we think, wow, that guy was born so talented. But the reality, just like Larry Bird, you know, practicing yep. longer than everyone else, he just put in more time. And so, yeah, it is, it is possible that you are born with different levels of talent and we all have areas we're better than other people in. And that's, what's great about life is why I know I can learn from every person I meet is because at some place, every single person I meet is better than me in some area of their lives. And at the same time, you have to commit yourself to developing and bringing that piece of yourself that is the best out of yourself in order to become great. And there's a guy that I was uh, mentoring, and he texted me yesterday, and it was such a thought-provoking text. He said to me, he's a young man, his name's Hunter, he's 19, he's rising, he's chosen to rise in the world. Really, that's what success is. It's a choice. So yep. he's made that yep. choice. And his text said to me, how do I continue to be a leader without acting like I'm taking away other people's glory. I don't want to stand in the glory. I want them to share the glory, and I just want to be a leader. And my response was, and, and it was so, reminded me so much of my journey, is you're beginning to make a choice towards leadership. Once you make a choice towards leadership, parts of you have to die. Yeah. And it's a painful process. And one of that part that's dying in him right now is the desire to please everybody around him while going ahead and becoming a leader. And those two don't coincide. Yep. If you want to be a part of the herd or the people that are just staying in the middle, 
that's okay. That's not a judgment. I wouldn't judge you for that, but understand that's a choice of making everyone around you like you and making everyone around you accept you. If you start moving towards leadership, you sometimes go through these friction moments and these painful moments where you realize you can't run your life based on what your buddy from school who wants to drink beer every weekend and watch the football game on Saturdays and Sundays is setting as their standard. And if that guy is not choosing to grow, you might have to separate from that friendship. You may have to move on to a different space. And there's nothing wrong with that person you're leaving or with your choice to become a leader. It's just the natural friction and evolution and death that has to occur in order for the leader within you to be born. I love that. I love that's the first time I've heard that analogy that certain things have as you go through this leadership process and this leadership journey, certain elements do have to fall off and die. It is so true. When, w- at what point did it kind of hit you? I think we all kind of go through like, I want to be successful, right? And mm-hmm. whatever that means. And success is so arbitrary. And if I ask a thousand people what that means, they're probably going to say money, a house, you know, cars, a family, whatever the case may be. But at some point, we all seem, if we're invested and make that choice in this leadership journey, it starts becoming less about su- success and more about significance. And that when you start asking people about significance, what does it mean to be that? Then we start seeing some common themes of, you know, I want to be, I, I want my, my kids to respect me. I want my wife to be proud of me. I want to leave a legacy, you know, and certainly financial freedom and time and economic freedom comes with that kind of package, I think, in significance. But how does that resonate with you, what I just said? You know, it's uh, it's funny. It's a it's a theme going on for me this year, which is I heard Maxwell say you go from struggle to success to significance. Yeah. And what I realized is I was on that journey of significance right now and where I'm at in my life. um, It's become more important to me the difference I can make than the success I've achieved. Sure, I like the success and it's useful and it serves me and it gives me resources to go do cool stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also aware that my time on life on earth is limited, that I am going to die. It's inevitable. And that, you know, to really make use of the time here as maximally as possible, it's about giving back to others. And so this year I've, I've signed on to support two charities in a, in a significant way. And one of them is Charity Water and they bring clean water. You know, 750 million people around the world don't have any water. So imagine that you wake up every day, you don't have clean water. What a, I mean, that's just un incomprehensible to me, but you, how can you build a business or do anything in life when you got to spend three hours every day going to get your clean water or boiling the water know, you right? do have, right? So yeah. Charity Water brings wells and, and clean water to different folks, and, and I'm just super honored and proud to be a part of it. I met them on Necker Island, Richard Branson's private island, and, and uh, Scott Harrison spoke, and I was crying the whole time, and I just thought, <laughs> this is a place I have to go. We've also uh, done a scholarship for a lady in Mexico this year, so my lovely wife uh, uh, found a girl that was uh, her her four boys that are, the four boys had gone through college and the fifth girl the parents had to decide whether to sell their car or send her through college so wow. Tracy told me about it and asked me of course the answer was yes we stepped up and we're paying for her college so it's a scholarship through university for a year and that was on my goal list weirdly enough and it just happened to fall my way and that I'm excited about so it becomes to where making a difference and figuring out how and re- even coaching Hunter and helping him come up to me yeah. that's incredibly rewarding to see other people willing to make that commitment 
to uh, become a leader. So that's significance, and it's very poignant that you would bring that up because I absolutely think that's the the journey you go on is you struggle, and then you get to success, and you think success is where the destination yeah, is, it's but it's really not. It's giving back and significance and finding ways to make a difference. I love that. I'm going back to something I just remembered. What you said a little while ago, and I was having a conversation with my daughter last night about this, and that it's the moment that you can kind of shift your thinking that um, that is the this is the price of admission towards this success and significance, and that is that you have to kind of feel uh, the dark moments, the pain, the loneliness. Um, am I phrasing that right? I mean, I'm, I think I'm. Am I articulating this right? I mean, it is a price of admission. You can't. Yeah. It's a it's folly to think that if you're going to go down this path, that it's about well executed plans to prevent any type of fire or chaos. The fire and the no. chaos is always going to be there, right? So the, the fire is what forms you, exactly, man. It's, it's, right. You can't have the success without going through the yes. fire. That's just part of it. I was on a panel the other day and it was four very successful guys that I happen to be very good friends with. And a lady in the group asked me, how did you guys become such good friends? And my response was, we all went through hell and we got to the other side. We saw one another like, hey, you want to be friends? Because I know exactly what you've gone through. Exactly. And each one of them uh, has been a successful business builder, Richard, and each one of them in their own way has gone through hell. And so once you've gone through it and you get to the other side, you can relate much better to people that have paid that price of ambition. I love your um, enthusiasm and your, your um, and obviously what you've accomplished up to this point is obviously a, a man who is very passionate, optimistic about the future. How do we get people to shift their thinking from a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset? You know, that's a great question. And the reason it's such a great question is, um, for me, that's really the heart of everything. Like I try to really manifest my thoughts from abundance. So if I catch myself thinking scarcity or small, I just try to shift the direction I'm thinking. Uh, As a Man Thinketh is one of my favorite books of all time. It's very old, but it basically talks about treating your mind as a garden and uprooting the the negative thoughts that disempower you and planting the ones that empower you. And I try to think about it this way. I think an acorn, when it's planted, is destined, if the conditions are right, to become a beautiful oak tree. So from my viewpoint, God, the universe, what, however you describe the unknown forces of nature or spirituality, I believe that, that the very birth of life desires and wishes for us to grow into oak trees, to have amazing significance in our lives. And so all we have to do is choose that significance, choose that abundance, and if you're willing to choose it, strange forces will come to your aid, mystical things will happen. Yes, you'll burn sometimes, but you'll also have amazing moments of lucidity and clarity. And if you'll just make the commitment, I choose with this gift of life, this very small gift of life, this precious being that I am, to be the best that I can be and to live my life to the fullest and to choose service and greatness, service to others, and to be the best I can be, that's the simple choice you have to make. And if you just make that choice and stick with it and walk that line, that path, things will come to you that will help you to be great. That's really all it is. It begins with that choice. And that choice is to not be small, not be petty, not be gossipy, and not be um, scarcity thinking. You you can't grow big if you're worried the whole time that everybody else is going to take your stuff or that you're not getting a fair share. You have to actually go, great, 
you took my money here, have some more of my money because I'm going to go out and make so much darn money that if you, I, if you steal from me, it's okay because I got plenty. I'd much rather be the guy that got stolen from than the person that had to live their life stealing. So once you hammer that mindset in, I think you start looking for and seeing opportunities. You start rising. It's inevitable success-wise. And more importantly, you start meeting really cool people that are also living at a pretty great level, which reinforces your ability to live at a higher level. So it's just that choice. It begins with a choice. And you have to manage and foster and develop and prune and cultivate that choice on a regular basis. And Richard, the way I do that is with my goals. So I write down 50 or 80 inspirational goals every year that I'm super inspired about. And then I read them on a continuous basis. And by continually putting my positive, abundant choices in front of me, it forces my life to kind of move in that direction. So I use my external goals as a way to drive my life into the direction I want it to go. And I think it's important too to understand that you do this regardless how you feel. You know, Stephen Pressfield hits it really, really well and eloquently in The War of Art where he talks about that. Despite what you're feeling, you still do those things. You do the work anyway despite that resistance, whatever the force is that's preventing you. Either it's limiting beliefs or negative self-talk or somebody trying to tell you you're not going to do it. You do it regardless of how you feel. You read those goals that you talked about to affirm it and give it life, even though you feel like deep down, there's no way in hell this is going to happen, but you still do it anyway. Because when you do do that, I think providence has to move, that the universe has to move like you said. It, it has no choice but to. They wouldn't have made up the word providence if it didn't happen, right? So right. providence is one of my favorite words, which is that there is just a desire for the for for people to have exceptional lives by the by the by the whole being of nature and the universe. So you've just got to let that work for you. And yeah, there are days and by the way, that was my favorite book of 2013. Every person on yeah, the planet should read to. The War of Art. Have it's an to. incredible book. Um but yes, you just and and you fight that resistance constantly. Every time you see the res resistance come up to making your calls or to reading those goals or to getting up, know that's the enemy. And some days you're going to win, and some days you might lose. That's okay too, because wallowing in the fact that you lost yesterday and didn't do what you said you were going to do is right. another form of resistance that you're losing to. So the key is to think a little less. And what I've done with my goals is I have something I call the spirit drivers. So I create, I, I highlight the most exciting goals. The greatest goals, the ones that really touch me the most, and I, I put a blue highlighter across them, and those are my spirit drivers. So if I'm feeling down or depressed and not sure why I'm working another long day, I just remind myself, hey, look, check this out. I'm super excited about the fact that I can take my my uh, daughter to uh, a sail trip around Seychelles, which we're doing this late, later this year. That's super exciting. I'm super excited about skiing 30 days this year, 20 times with my, my, with my daughter, and I'm super excited about uh, giving away a bunch of money this year. So I put all those spirit drivers on there that are out of the 80 are the ones that really touch me and move me. And, and if I ever wonder or I've got negative thoughts or I've got scarcity thinking, I go back and I review the most positive drivers in my life. And it just gives me that little pop back into the correct railroad tracks of success, which is staying positive and staying focused on the goals you want, having an agenda for your life. What I love about you, and even, even in this conversation, 20 minutes into it, and you, and you, and you openly share, and this is what drives me crazy. I was talking with um, me and a few other entrepreneurs are putting on this uh, conference here in Wichita in, in May called the Grit and Grind Conference. And we talk about exactly what we're talking about, having entrepreneurs, uh, high performers, high creatives talk about that exact piece that you're talking about. I, I'm sick and tired of people standing up talking about how successful they are and how the road and how you know you can do this too. And they never talk about um, the daily limiting beliefs and grind that even 
successful people deal with today on a daily basis. It drives me crazy. I, I think it's coming to an end. I really do think that auth- the authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability are really kind of the is becoming the norm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's so there's another book called Leadership and Self Deception. I believe it's called. Um, you should pick that up. But it's a great book, and it talks about the fact that the minute you complain about something, you create a box that you just fell into that will find all kinds of information validating that complaint. Right. So for instance, let's say I think my wife should have, I don't know, cooked to dinner last night. And I think, wow, she should have cooked me a nice dinner last night. Then I'm like, you'll get all evidence supporting that, right? Which is, yeah, she didn't do it last Thursday either. And yeah, that one was overcooked or yeah, this, that, and the other, right? And the minute you allow yourself to drop into that criticism, you're going to find evidence for that to be true. Same way if you look at deals. Can I do that deal? And if you say, no way, you'll find 20 reasons you can't. Or could I make those calls? Could I, could I start that business? If you look at it, from a negative point of view, all the evidence in the world will show up to show you why not making that decision or taking that risk is a good decision. And so the reality is uh, you've got to try to manage your mind. And as soon as you see that sort of sort of thought process come along, you just say, I'm not going to go there. I understand that. You know, instead of, you know, why does my wife have to cook for me dinner? Why don't I cook her dinner tonight? Or in fact, take her out to dinner or something like that. So you switch it from the negative to the positive. That's one piece. And then I think the second reason, and you talked about authenticity, I think I think people are just put on stage and they feel like they need to tell it, tell a story that is super successful. And reality is, it. You know, I don't know why that is, but I, I've felt the spotlight before sometimes. And, in, and when I, my younger days, I probably overemphasize the positive. Right. As I've gotten a little older, I tend to overemphasize the negative because I think it's where people are and I think it's so much more real. So every single day for me is a struggle between the negative and the positive through the resistance and the performance, right? So it's just gotten to be like resistance is my old friend, right? What's that song? Hello, my old friend. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, I see it. And some days it wins and some days I win. Mm-hmm. And the way I found the best, easiest way to win is create an environment that supports my goals, which means a very healthy environment. I don't have Dorito chips or unhealthy foods in my house <laughs> because I have no willpower. And if they're there, I'll eat them. Or And to surround my environment with my friends by surrounding myself with can-do, high-activity friends that have integrity and have honor and want to live a great life, it's easier for me to live a great life. Because when I call them, if I'm in kind of resistance mode and I'm feeling like laying on the couch that day and they're like, hey, dude, I'm just going to go play ultimate. You want to come down to the park and play ultimate? What am I going to do? Say to my buddy, no, no, I can't. He's my peer. He's my tribe mate. So then I go play ultimate. I immediately get that endorphins from exercising and I feel better. So your peers, your environment, and then your brain just by pouring in really good stuff through podcasts and through uh, books that you read and stuff like that, because that'll keep you inspired. And then finally, the part I craft, which is my architected life, which is my goal. So I'm very clear in the direction I'm going. It may be possible for people to sit on the ground and meditate and feel a great sense of well-being for their whole lifetime. Uh, but that's just not me. That's not who I am. I have to drive myself towards goals. That's what works for me. So I've I've developed this over 20 plus years to where those that vision of the future that I'm living each year, I have a script for 2016 and it's exciting. It's a powerful script and that's the direction I'm taking my life and that's where I live every day. If you don't have an agenda for your life, the first person you meet each day gives you their agenda. You know, So you got to have an agenda for your life and I've got a very clear agenda. And, uh, and then the other thing I would say that's kind of sad and I think we need to fix this in society is you know, we had a lot of cheats for a while. We had people that seemed to cheat at sports yeah, and we right. had people that cheated, you know, uh, the, the big crash was a bunch of guys basically taking a bunch of money and it almost became where like cheating has become, eh, okay, that's what people do to get successful. And I think that's sad. And I think we need to, 
you know, do everything we can. That's another area you have resistance. Like, is this the right way to do it? Or is this the moral way to do it? Is this the easy way or the right way? And so sometimes the resistance comes from choosing uh, the, the right way, which is doing it with integrity and honor and taking care of people and honoring your, your neighbors and your employees and your people versus the easy way where you might make a quicker buck, but in the long run, you're doing harm to somebody. So that's, that's I think, another theme in society is can we, can we have success at a very high level and do it the right way? You know, I love everything you're saying and probably some of the big takeaways I'm taking notes here that, that really stand out and I think is, that I want to emphasize, overemphasize, that everything that you seem to be doing, and, and, and this is so true, it's, it's the daily intentional habits taken by themselves are pretty, you know, non-sexy. They, they don't cost anything to, to, to sign up. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to enroll in a course. You don't have to do anything. You just have to opt in. And when I say opt in, you're just making that intentional choice of being consistent with these kind of really on the surface, they're simple daily habits, but you just do them over and over and over again. And success. Yeah. Yeah. Success is a simple, good, you know, this is Jim Rohn quote, but success is a simple few good habits repeated every day over a lifetime and failure is a few simple bad habits repeated every day over the, over the lifetime. So it, it is simple. It is straightforward. And you understand the amount of books I've read and the amount of effort and the seminars. And I still go to masterminds constantly. I go to seminars. As soon as you said you're doing something in Wichita, I'm like, wow, maybe I should go, even though my schedule's already completely packed <laughs> right. in 2016. And I even lead my own seminar through GoBundance, which is a bunch of like-minded entrepreneurs. But everything we're teaching, everyone wants the silver bullet, you know, but there, there are not very many silver bullets. No. You don't get to be the second employee at Facebook and make a you know billion dollars very often just because you happen to be the second employee. Uh, the reality is that most of success is a script. Success is a way of life, no different than martial arts, Aikido, or or uh, you know being a minister or whatever it is. There's a pattern that if you emulate that pattern and align yourself with it, you will be successful. And the cool thing is, it doesn't just apply to monetary success. It's relationship success has a pattern. Physical health success has a pattern. Uh, contribution has a pattern. And once you can learn the patterns and and start copying them, for a better word, just mimicking them, they inevitably will come into your life. And one of them goes back to your earlier comment. It's abundance thinking. You have to come from a place of abundance in order to build an abundant life. You know, you got a brand new book coming out, Wealth Can't Wait, that you uh, wrote with uh, Paul Morris. Um, is a lot of the stuff we've talked about so far, is that a lot of the stuff encapsulated in the book? Sure. We, we So we, we break the book into three parts. And the first part is uh, who you have to be to be successful, right? And people always want to skip that part. They want to go, ah, just tell me what to do. Well, that's the second part of the book, but it doesn't matter what you do because if you're not the right being, you won't retain or keep success. You know, you look at some sports heroes like Vince Young from the University of Texas, who's, a, who's one of my heroes, won us, a, won us a national championship here in Texas. Great guy, raised by women and just very good-hearted man. But he he blew all his money from the NFL, right? He, I don't know if he went bankrupt. He was pretty close to it. You hear it all the time. Like so many guys have, have it all going for them and then they blow it because mentally they weren't right, were the right person. Lance Armstrong's another one, right? He's worth almost $115 million at one point, but he hadn't done it the right way. He hadn't chosen the right path and it kind of fell down on top of him. I'm sure he's doing fine successfully money-wise, but he's not in the same place he right, was. Right. So first you have to be the right person because if you're not the right person, it doesn't matter how much success you have, ultimately it will crumble. Secondly, it's okay, what do you have to do to be successful? What do you have to do to make money? How do you win in an economic environment? And that's where we get into the specifics of how to win, which is 
you know, your, your KPIs, your key performance indicators, holding yourself accountable, et cetera, et cetera, building a mastermind, building a peer group, surrounding yourself by the right people. And then finally is, okay, be, do, have. Now you have it. How do you maintain it? What do you do once you get to the top? And that goes back to some of your things earlier is once you've had the struggle, you've achieved the success, where are you going to make a difference? Who, what cause are you going to, you going to follow and support? Because what happens with a lot of people is they reach a certain level of success and they almost get stale and bored or they go live on the beach and drink margaritas. And, and that's really not a successful life from my point of view. That's a phase of success. But to keep it moving forward, you have to keep finding new challenges new opportunities and new ways to make a difference so you can leave your mark on the earth. And that's the having it part. And if you're not careful, once you have it, if you get bored, you'll crash it, which a lot of people we've seen do. They get to a certain level of success and then they just blow it all because subconsciously they weren't ready to exist at that higher level. I love that part because it's so true. If we feel like on this journey that you plant a flag and you say that you've arrived, the next thing that's coming your way is probably a fall. There is no stasis, stasis in life. You're either expanding or you're contracting. Right. Those are the two right. choices, Richard. So you can either expand, you know, and grow your life and get stronger and smarter and more capable and give back more and learn more and be a better husband, be a better father, be a better member of your community. And that's expansion. Or you can contract and contracting can be very fast, cataclysmic, or it can be gradual. Now there is a time to contract. You know, my 81 year old ma is is a great mentor and role model for me and a super lady. And she's not selling as much as she used to. Yay. She's choosing to live her life and enjoy it. She's not trying to, you know, build her real estate practice to a new level. That's all the right choices. All of those are the correct things for her. She's not trying to lift more weight when she goes to the gym or, or do anything expansionary because there is a time to contract. But the time for crying out loud is not when you're 20 or 30 or 40 years old, right? It's not right. when you're 50 years old. The time to contract is when you're in the twilight of your life. So you have two choices, expansion or contraction. There's no staying the same. And you're absolutely right. The minute you start saying, wow, I've got this all figured out, you better watch out because you're going to get a right hook from the universe that's going to set you right <laughs> back to right. the beginning. And I've, I've had that before yeah, and I've certainly too. learned to, to be respectful at all times of, of the gratitude that I have for my life and the gift of this abundance and knowing that to respect it and be grateful at all times uh, for what you have because it could be taken away in a minute. I love it. When's the book coming out? We've got it coming out in the first quarter of 17. We, we, uh, we do everything backwards, right? So we wrote it, which is really good. And then we, we hired a publishing company. And we're like, okay, we want to roll it out in February of 16. And the guy's like, that's great. I'm excited that you want to roll it out in February of 16. However, in order for me to publish it and get it to the place you need it to be, I need a, a six-month to one-year runway. Normally, six months would be a, a good amount of time, but unfortunately, this year is an election year, so we don't really want to do anything in an election year because it'll all get drowned out. So now we've had to push this book back till the first quarter of 17, probably January or February. It's all kind of done. So, I mean, it's like 95% complete, but we've got this whole publishing campaign we have to roll out. So I'm super excited about it. Um, I wrote it as if my, it, let's say I, I died and my daughter or my grandchildren or great grandchildren were reading it. I tried to write it as what would make a difference to them. Like what, if my kid was reading it, what could they pick up and learn from this book that would help them succeed in life the right way at a higher level? I love it. Well, when the book comes out, we'll have to bring you back on the show so we can uh, celebrate the launch and we can talk more specific about it. So, yeah, I'd love to do that, man. I'd love man, to. Whose shoulders are you standing on? So many people, Richard, and that's the, that's, you know, in life, if you're willing to choose the path of success, just like Hunter is, A, I can't wait to help Hunter. There's so many people out there that can't wait to help you if you make the choice 
to to be to be great and to go on this path of success. And so I've been very lucky. Gary Keller, who, who founded Keller Williams, is the company I've been with that I built the one of the largest real estate companies in the world. A guy that's super committed to learning, a very intensely committed to being the best he can be in in his field. And I was 16 years old when I met Gary, and he was 26, and I've had him as a mentor since the beginning of time. And by the way, one of my primary points of advice is to find the best mentors you possibly can. Uh, my mom is is not only my mom, she's also uh, my hero and my role model. She's a She was one of Gary's first real estate agents, and oh, wow. she had been a housewife to my Green Beret father for her entire career. And then around 48, which is my age now, she went to work. And became one of the top real estate agents in Austin. And uh, her desire for more and expansion has been an inspiration to me my entire life. And she always comes from integrity and trust and honor and doing the right thing. So she's been a great one. My, my dad was a Green Bray and he was a warrior and a fighter. And uh, he's dead now and gone on, to, uh, gone on, sadly. But he was a great man and very strong and very committed and, and very committed to honor and integrity. And then so many others. I mean... You, 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 there's just an abundance. Jim Rohn is my Jim Rohn's my favorite yeah, speaker. Great one. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony Robbins. There's just so many things you should do. You should start immediately. I've probably spent a million dollars in my career or more since I got out of college on learning based educational opportunities. Um, I'm learning from you today. I listened to your podcast earlier on the way of the warrior and I was so fired up. I wanted to go <laughs> sign up and join the Marines, even though I think at 48, that'd probably be a poor choice. Um, Reading books, you know, you can have you can have the best and brightest minds of our society be your mentor without ever meeting them. So, uh, living a learning based life, I think, is one of the ingredients of success. One of those patterns we talked about. Uh, I love all the new podcasts that are coming out nowadays. This just listening to podcasts has become a part of my daily, uh, my weekly routine. I try to listen to one or two a week, and uh, I can never really get enough of them. I learn, and I thank goodness they play them at two times speed, man, because that really, yeah, that really, really works well out. for me. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. There's some guy that uh, he joined one of my masterminds. He listened to my show, and he says, "Wow, you sound so different." And he goes, "I realized because I always listen to you at two times speed." And he said he wasn't <laughs> used to my voice at one time speed. Yeah, I'll listen to this at two times speed, and I'll probably be like, "Wow, that was pretty good." But then if you ask me to slow it down, I might not enjoy it as much. I mean, the, the ears can hear twice as fast as the mouth can speak, so it's yeah. really cool to have that ability to, cool. to speed stuff up and just you can soak in so much stuff out there. It's just it's amazing. Well, man, I'm so thrilled to have met you. I knew this was going to be a great conversation, and I was absolutely right. I mean, you're definitely the, someone I would consider in a dose of leadership tribe. And man, I, and honest to God, if there's anything that you ever want to talk about here, you always have a welcome home here. How can people get in touch with you, find out more about you? Hey, Richard, it's been an honor to speak with you. And just like you said at the beginning of the call, you and I have just got on here and talked, no script, no direction, just, and it's been great. And I'm sure if we were having a beer someplace, we'd be going on for a couple more yeah, hours. Right, true. Um, the best place to reach me is at davidosborn.com, O-S-B-O-R-N.com. And uh, Wealth Can't Wait is the book that's coming out. And you can check us out at GoBundance as well. That's that's our tribe. And maybe you come uh, speak for us or come experience that sometime, Richard. We'd love to have you. Absolutely, man. I'm Like I said, I'm just thrilled to know you. This is I knew this was going to be well, the second that uh, my, my friend here said, man, you got to check out this guy. I knew, knew that you'd be a good fit. And I'm so blessed and honored to know you. Look forward to staying in touch with you. Again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. It's been an honor. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. 
Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.